Revolting is a production of the Cycling Independent, with support from our generous subscribers and from Shimano North America. is revolting with steve and robot on the cycling independent episode 106 the over under on the under over take two take two <laughs> we'll get into that in a second content warning we live in a hypocritical puritanical culture that preaches modesty and decency while selling its kids to the highest bidder nothing you hear on revolting will be more offensive than that but we do use bad words and make far jokes to so do without what you will as I said previously, just stick your head out the door and everything you see is going to be so much worse than what you experience here. So, fuck your <laughs> sensibilities. <laughs> oh my goodness. Okay, so what just happened, robot? Well, we, this is the second take of this podcast. We got, I don't know, a quarter of the way into recording uh, and my house came under attack. It was insane. It was yeah. insane. I it was, was like, so ins- I felt it like in internally. It was so berserk. Yeah. Uh, the problem is that I live on a pretty idyllic suburban dead end, about six miles from the geographic center of the city of Boston. And we live up on a hill here where we can look down over the city. It's so nice. It's so nice. And we have like a little Cape style house. And the downside is that all of our neighbors have employed landscapers to come once a week and remove anything that is a a viable, um, anything that will decompose needs to be removed. So anything not living uh, is cut, blown, gathered, and trucked away. Mm-hmm. Um, and so Steve and I had started to record, and uh, there's one uh, landscaper that shows up, Francisco. He's a super nice dude uh, with his crew, and they attacked my house with... <laughs> I, I don't have... They don't landscape my landscape, but they... Steve will back me up on this. It was very aggressive. <laughs> and and there's nothing left on the ground. As you like described, there, there are no leaves. There are no grass clippings. It, but nope. there, what it sounded like on my end, it said there was a chorus. I would have guessed, I would have estimated from what I was hearing, that there were no fewer than five gas-powered leaf blowers outside of your window. At one point, it was so loud, I couldn't, I couldn't hear our conversation over the cacophony of of engines. Yes, it was it was and bananas. We, and we already depend on uh, Patrick, our mix master. I don't know. That was we. Patrick, who edits these podcasts, we already depend on him to filter out a lot of nonsense. But the amount of nonsense transpiring <laughs> it was, it was, was 
It was wild. Yeah, it was so, like the hundred year flood of nonsense. Yeah. Uh, okay, but we got that. We're starting. <laughs> we're starting over. I did go on a little rant uh, about how, uh, like the the. Um, um, we as a human species, uh, we create problems and then we solve problem the solve those same problems and then we create new problems or we create new problems thinking we're solving other problems which never existed to begin with, and then and that by by that I'm when referring to taking a compostable material and bagging it up in a non-compostable bag and then putting it into a landfill. That creates a whole new problem that didn't doesn't need to exist. You can you can mulch it, you can turn it into compost and reuse it, but whatever the fuck. And then I got on this whole thing about there's two podcasts, and I want to uh, promote these two stories that were on these two podcasts. One uh, podcast is called Criminal, and sort of the companion podcast is called This Is Love, and there are two episodes about wolves being reintroduced to America after they had been eradicated. Uh, the first one talks to one of the pack managers or a couple of the pack managers maybe. Um, and when they were reintroduced, they were all being tracked and one of the trackers stopped moving, which indicated that the alpha of this pack had died or been poached as it turns out. And then the, this is love talks to a person who I think it's in Montana. And this guy has been watching this pack from a distance for 35 years or 40 years. And he talks about the dynamic and the shifts in the community after the alpha had been poached. And they are both like, I was totally enthralled with these stories. And if, uh, you know, anyone is hearing these words would like to listen to, some pretty compelling stories about the dynamic of wolf communities, um, criminal. And I don't remember what episode, what episodes they were, but they were, it's really interesting. Uh, and, and an example of like people coming into an ecosystem and fucking it up and then realizing that they fucked it up and then fixing it. That's, <laughs> that's what bagging leaves made me think of. Yeah, I'm not a botanist or a I'm uh, I'm not much of anything, but my simple understanding is that the trees um you know, they take up a lot of fuel during the year and then the leaves drop off and then those leaves break down and become soil which feeds the plants on the ground which then feed the trees again. And so all the leaves in my yard in fact, it's hilarious. If you look out my window right now, there's a very neat line of like <laughs> no leaves and then lots of leaves. And um, I bet your neighbors hate that. What is it? It's like that some about the human condition that we just we're some of us just love order, visual order, visual cleanliness. Like I understand when it comes to my workbench or my workspace, I like to have things kind of tidy. But when it comes to like natural a natural state, like I don't give a fuck. I don't feel compelled to to tidy that up ever. No, I think it's just a misunderstanding of what order is outside. 
Like we've imposed some inside sense of order on outside and outside has a different order. You know, like my yard is all covered in leaves right now. It's going to snow. Snow's going to sit on those leaves and get them all wet and break them down. And then in the spring, when it uh, when it uh, all melts out and there's whatever on the ground, I'll I'll probably mulch whatever is there, throw some more grass seed down and we're going to call it good. Yeah. I always get confused, like when I've worked with landscapers or people who are, you know, they have like well manicured yards and they, and they tell me to pick these, these flowers, those plants, those yellow flowers, you got to get rid of those yellow flowers because they're invasive. But leave all of these flowers because I paid a ton of money to plant these bulbs <laughs> and stuff. And I'm like, it's fucking flowers. Like all I see, all I see is plants, but you yeah. got to get rid of those green plants, those little leafy things. You got to get rid of that. You got to spend the next six hours on your knees getting those little green plants, but be sure not to pick the green plants that are like right next to it. I'm just like, what the fuck? That it's never made sense to me. And I figured if I ever had a yard, it would just be big, full of, full of every whatever grows there. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I th- I think, I mean, it's to some degree, like I don't care. If you want to spend a lot of money to have people come and and do whatever, I, I it doesn't matter that much to me. I don't think it makes sense, but that's not my, I don't get to decide for you. But does it have to be so fucking loud? <laughs> oh my God. Like, why are we all suffering for, for whatever that is? I don't know. The, I think, um, uh, I think... Well, we described this notion that they like the landscaping companies all have walkie talkies and they are like zeroed in on our activity. And the yeah. second we hit the record button, they're like, all right, all right it's a go. And then uh, like a bunch, of, <laughs> a bunch of dudes come and stand around your house with leaf flowers for an hour. He's in the closet. You got to get in there right now. <laughs> Crank uh, something up. So what do we do? Pull the truck up front and leave it idling. We, I think we were kind of like, we kind of got through all of that and we got through it in like shorter order than we did the first time, which was probably good. Um, we got, I regret that, I regret that we're going to lose the part where I opened the window and yelled at them to get, (laughs) go away. (laughs) (laughs) But just the description of it and the visual that, that is uh, attached is that's money and people can, you know, imagine the robot is calm and collected generally rolling back across the room in his chair and opening the window and, and yelling very kindly you know, like you it wasn't an aggressive yell it was a it was a very it was a very friendly suggestion i encouraged them to go away yeah yeah, yeah. they they didn't and so we had to start this whole process over again uh so now since we got through all of that real quick uh you got some shout outs Oh, I have shout outs. Yes. Um, shout out Steve Hansen and his band 10 Tigers AC for their new EP dreams for sale. I listened to it. Uh, I think it's six songs, six, maybe seven. I liked the first two quite a bit. Give that a listen if you're out there and just wondering what Steve Hansen's been up to. Um, John wears for walking around uh, dutifully with starships. We built this city stuck in his head. I got an email from him. (laughs) Oh, that makes me happy. Um, 
<laughs> and every time he walks into a room, he's like, oh. Well, I think he was out on a mountain bike ride and he had it stuck in his head and he stopped <laughs> to like DM me that he was irritated. <laughs> um, shout out Pat Navin just for being a G. Uh, and our friend, Christina Sinkovic. That's what it says on her birth certificate. Our friend, Christina Sinkovic. It's capital O, capital F, capital C, capital S. Yeah. Uh, I'm just shouting her out because. Yeah. Yeah. She's had a, she's had kind of a punishing few months. I just had a long uh, phone conversation with her, but she called me yesterday or two days ago. Yeah. Uh, it was nice. So this is a woman who I uh, went to high school with. I didn't really know her. I don't think I ever talked to her. And we just kind of connected a, a couple of two, I don't know, two and a half years ago or something. We just sort of randomly um, reconnected on the internet and then have become friends. She moved to Portland and shortly after she moved to Portland, I went to Portland to hang out with uh, Hurl and Cheever for Thanksgiving. And my plan was to just ride to as many dive bars as I could find and eat whatever was in the crock pots. Like it was, <laughs> that was going to be my Thanksgiving. And then we ended up at um, a friend's house who made this incredible spread. And Christina came along with us and, and that was uh, you know, it's, it's all the rest is history. Like we've been in regular contact uh, since. And, you know, she's she's a she's a boss lady. She does cool <laughs> shit and she's a nice person. I think uh, and, I, you know, I'm going to guess she's listening to this, uh, but I'm going to just say that I think Christina is so money and she is the least convinced of that of anyone on the planet. She's so money. Yeah. Yeah, she's a good one. Happy to have her on the team. Yes, for sure. Um, um, now the other, the oh. other news is that I've been living in the COVID swamp. Oh, that's right. We did a whole bunch of we did a whole bunch of uh, uh, chit chat about how you went to your kids uh, huge volleyball game and then got the plague and everybody has the plague now your whole house is infected yeah the whole house he actually tested negative and went back to school and my wife and I are still stuck here in COVID jail eating like the crumbs out of the back of the pantry <laughs> um it's awful yeah oh we it's, talked about how like Society doesn't allow you to have a well day, but you can only like lay low when you're too incapacitated with illness to, to actually do your job. Yes. And I was saying that um, n not only it. So uh, I, on Monday, when I was just d deep, deep in the shit, I let everybody know I was sick and wasn't going to make it to meetings and stuff. And they were all like, uh, oh, yeah, feel better. Sorry, you've got the plague, et cetera. But there's always this pressure to keep working anyway. So like I'm laying on the couch with my laptop on top of me and I'm just and I'm feeling guilt because I'm not somehow answering everyone's email in the in the within 10 minutes of receiving it. And I was like, this is this is fucked. And part of it is definitely me being a workaholic or me like my inner fear of letting people down mm -hmm. or. 
or some fucking hero complex where I'm like, well, I've got COVID and I'm basically dead. I've I'm I'm laying in a casket right now. They're just waiting to close the lid. But I'm going to do this work for you because I'm a hero. Yeah, uh, there's probably a little bit of there's probably a little bit of. um. Would that be a martyr complex? Yeah, there's a martyr complex. I think it's all like a big bouillabaisse of bullshit. It's all yeah. like, you know, we have a work culture that says don't stop, never stop, you know, putting ga- fuel into the system. Yeah. Sometimes um, it feels really good just to, you know, you just like, uh, I can't, I don't, I'm not good at doing it all in one big fell swoop, but to just like shut my computer not return, not even open, like put my phone in a drawer, just like dip out for, try it for 24 hours. You know, that works. Try it for 48 hours. Or sometimes you say like, I'm gone and you leave all your shit at home and you take off for two or three days. And you know, like I guarantee you that the world is going to keep turning. Oh yeah. And when you come back, all of that bullshit is still going to be there. And you know, unfortunately, like I have some, Somewhere along the way, I can't, I got into this like spam cycle where I win like a million power tools a day yeah. or, or whatever, like fake FedEx notifications or whatever. And if I don't look at my computer once a day and clear out, I'll have hundreds of fucking, and I don't know how to filter those out or like to get, I, ter- I label them as junk, but it doesn't change anything. So whatever that aside just to like tune out and to force yourself to uh, spend three days making a fanzine and I'm not going to look at a computer and it's just going to be clip art and a typewriter and glue sticks and typing paper. And just as a practice, I feel like doing that periodically is really good for you. Yeah, I... You know how I am. I'm kind of all or nothing. So I'm either like plugged all the way into this shitty system and I'm just never stopping and I work Saturdays and Sundays. And and look, I don't work. I'm not I'm not breaking rock or digging holes. Um but I'm just never not working. I'm never not feeding in. Um so it's either that or I'm often like I give up on everything. Like you, like like I joked to you, we had to restart this podcast and, and, and you were like, well, if that happens again, I was like, if that happens again, the revolting podcast is over. We're just not doing it anymore. (laughs) (laughs) I I don't like, I don't like uh, doing stuff twice, like unless it's fun things, you know, but like doubling, there's something about my, whatever the way my brain is wired that like I I like to run in like a normal circuit. Like I go yeah. f- forward. If I have to backtrack or or do something twice because something got in my way, like that, it is so irksome to me. And, and also like repeating myself, I'd be a shitty yeah. teacher, which is ironic because I need everything repeated to me like <laughs> multiple times because I'm like my I'm so dense. Uh, but I couldn't like. I couldn't be a parent. I couldn't be a teacher. It just, it shit fucking spins me out. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't know whether it's the COVID or seasonal affective disorder or just my chronic depression, but I'm pretty, I'm pretty close to giving up 
any little bit of adversity right now is sort of like, well, I guess I don't eat food anymore. That's fine. You know, like <laughs> I'm just on the precipice of quitting everything all the time. Yeah. Yeah. I would just want to quit work. I want to quit work altogether. I was thinking about this. I got, I get frustrated with my mom who's 80 and she like still writes checks for stuff. Um, and like has to go like, can you take this to the post office for me? I'm like, (laughs) so when I do go to the post office, I have to mail like a TCI t-shirt and you will have this experience uh, a million times, uh, more than I will, but you go to the post office and you're like, I do this every time I go in, I stand in the line. Then I look around. I'm like, I bet I'm the, I bet I'm the youngest person here. And, and I'm always the youngest person at the post office. It's always people like an 80 year old couple going, do you have, what Christmas stamps do you have? Oh my God. Okay. So like being in line at the post office, being in line at a bar or being in line at a coffee shop are the three most exasperating experiences for me on a daily basis. Cause it's like, I just want a fucking cup of coffee. I yeah. just want a cup of coffee. You pull the lever, you fill the cup. That's it. Money's exchanged. I'm out. But there's like, Oh, you know, like half, uh, half and half and then half skim milk and like a side of cinnamon. And I'm just like fucking, I, I think every coffee shop should have two lines. Should have a line oh, for yeah. people who don't know what they want. And same with fucking drink orders and like, I, just, I want a fucking can of beer. I want a can of beer or I want a cup of coffee or I want to buy stamps. I don't give a shit what's on them. I don't give a shit. Yeah. You know, like I'm just like I'm in, I'm in and out my I feel like I would have an extra. Like 48 hours in a week if I didn't have to wait <laughs> for people who are trying to make up their mind about shit. It's now, what, now, what herbal teas do you have today? Ooh. Yeah. Oh man, it drives you know, and whatever people, the things that bring people joy, that's cool. But you know what brings me joy? Not fucking being in line and not interacting uh, with who, the po- the postmaster or the bartender or the coffee shop, the barista. Like I just want in and out, in and out. I got, I don't want to be here. I would like to have a business called Coffee and a Bagel, and you go in and there's one size of coffee. It's just <laughs> c- coffee. Coffee and a bagel. You go in, there's coffee, one kind, one size, and everything bagels with cream cheese, they're all toasted. There's no there's no choice to make. Do you want coffee and a bagel? You go in that place. I think the more options, and this is, you know, like I know people with kids and they have been raised to like, well, do you want this kind of food tonight? Do you want Italian food or do you want Indian food? Do you want this or yeah. you want that? Like when you have and now and now some of these kids are like won't eat anything but candy you know what i mean like (laughs) i I was given i was given we have what's happening for dinner is what's happening for dinner and it and you have to eat some of all of it and if you don't you don't eat anything yeah and you know not like my dinner was taken away but like you don't you don't have options and and there's like this wild degree of choice paralysis well i think there's times and places to make choices right uh but the morning coffee shop isn't one of them we're all i mean that is a transactional time i need coffee and i need food and i just need them 
I'm not trying to, um, I'm not basking in this meal. I am transacting it so that I can move on with my day. And I'm mm-hmm. not, I, you know, people, this is the, the perfection of coffee and a bagel. Like I just got to run in there, get coffee and a bagel, put my $4 on the counter or whatever it is and leave. Um, and that's it. Yeah. And if you want to go to a cafe, if you want to go to a little brunch cafe, like that's fine. Go sit at a table and make your choices and have a chit chat about what herbal teas are on offer. That's fine. I just think I'm a, I, I agree with you. There should be lanes for this stuff. The maddening thing, just to go back to the, uh, my mom and the post office. Cause I did have, I had two points there. I wanted to say about my post office. There's this big thing when you walk in the door that says use. It's a terrible post office. It's terrible. The people are miserable. The line (laughs) is always long. The average age is usually like 91. And um, there's a big sign. You walk in the door and it says use our self-service kiosk to save time. Steve, there is no self-service kiosk at this at this post office. It doesn't. Your net's not there. That's a, it's just a con, a constant Lucy pulling the football away. You walk in and you're like, oh, cool, okay, yeah. Oh, oh now, no, I'm just gaslighting me. Now I'm in line. The, the people at my post office, every time you get up to the line, they say, "Sorry about the wait." And they've said yeah. this for now for almost three years. Every time I've gone in and had to wait in line, sorry about the wait. I'm like. Eh, I mean, no, you could, is there, is there any other way that the weight couldn't happen? Like maybe it could be lessened, you know, like I always felt like as a business, it could, there could be somebody standing there like, Oh, you shipping this internationally. You're going to have to fill out this form. Oh, you're going to do this. Like, so like people are like straight with all of the things that they need when they get to the place Yeah. instead of like, Hey, you've been in line for 15 minutes. Uh, you haven't thought about like what stamps you want. This whole thing happens as soon as you get to the counter. Yeah. I don't know, but you know, it's, 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 uh, the heavy is heavy as the head that wears the crown of knowing everything all the time. You know what I mean? Oh, that's right. Like I got it all well, figured this out. This is what I was going to, this was the broader point I was trying to make is my mom does things in this very old, like she just has not adapted. I'm like, you can pay that bill online. She's like, uh, I'll just write a check. I kind of feel the same way. Well, I, I am now, paper trail. I am now, uh, I'm now increasingly sympathetic to the view that the world can just, it's fine. It's fine. I'm going to check out of, I'm not on the internet anymore. That's it's fine. I just like, maybe, maybe now I just forage my food and, and don't have a job. And I just feel like, um, Everyone will be fine without me, and I might be fine without everybody. Do pull a Richard Prinicky and move to Alaska and build a little cabin and live there for 40 years. The episode where he makes his own spoon, that's my oh. favorite. It's, the, it's a, it's a public, public television uh, documentary. Well, it wasn't a documentary made by public television, but every year public television has like a fundraiser, and if you donate so much money, you can get this Richard Prinicky the story on DVD and if you haven't heard about Richard Prinicky he's a fellow who I think he was a mechanical engineer or something he basically just pissed off and moved to Alaska and built a cabin and built the latches for his cabin and built his utensils and carved a bowl and went out and took built a sled and had a root cellar that he dug and lived there until he was too old to live there I think he like moved back to society in his 80s 
And, uh, and now you can like the cabin was like, it's like a national landmark. Um, but the documentary was shot on super eight, I guess, or 16 millimeter film or something. And it was just him and he narrates it. And he made this whole video about, or this whole movie about what it was like to live, uh, off the land by himself for, for decades. It's a really beautiful piece. I think about him all the time. I can't remember how to spell his name. It's like P R O I just looked it up. E or something like that. P R O E N N E K E. And yeah. he shot it himself, right? Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And then it was later edited into this thing and it is fantastic. Any 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 maker that you follow on Instagram or whoever that shoots process videos. And you're like, Oh, that's so neat. Richard Pranicki is the, is the OG. Yeah. And watching him. Yeah. Make, make a door and then make the latches. And he's got like, he's doing it with like an ax and you know, his elbow. It's bitching. It's really <laughs> yeah. bitching. I've watched it a bunch of times over the years. Just have, you know, I just, I like accidentally came across it. I don't know, 15, 15 or 20 years ago. Watched it, blew my mind, couldn't remember the guy's name, stumbled across it a couple years later, watched it again, blew my mind, finally wrote his name down, and then have watched it subsequently a number of times and referred people to watch it. It's, it's, it's beautiful. Um, well, hey, let's get on. Uh, now we're uh, you know halfway through the jibber-jabber. Let's get on with the uh, music picks. All right. Uh, this week, I'm picking someone that I've picked before. But I listened to this record recently and then I watched some video of these guys playing live and I love them so fucking much. Uh, The band is No Means No and the record is Small Parts Isolated and Destroyed. And I'm going to I'm going to link this to this video of them playing it live in Germany. And it's I always say I think No Means No was maybe one of the most underrated punk bands of the time. Because they were kind of like math rock before there was math rock. And they were like, they brought sort of jazz into punk rock in a way that other people hadn't. They're so goddamn good. They were, were they, I don't know. They're like two brothers and yeah, another. Um, were they three piece? Yep. Uh, like formally, tr- form, form, formerly trained or anything or did they just like I was just sort of imagine them as being like these guys just sort of fell out of space you know they were so far ahead of their time and they were so brilliant that I couldn't imagine like you just get that good just being just like playing you know or where did this this stuff come from it's nuts like I don't know for sure but you definitely have the sense of like oh these guys were in the jazz ensemble in high school and but they liked punk rock they were like super into bad brains uh and played in jazz ensemble but but I don't I don't even know if that explains all of it and and if I just say that out loud math rock jazz punk rock I'm like that's not good I don't that's I'm not gonna like that but no means no is so good uh and hilarious and like bitingly sarcastic people are gonna watch this video and they're gonna be like if you don't know no means no you're gonna be like oh oh I need all these records now yeah yeah there's there's something else uh you know I can't remember 
was it wrong or what was the what what was the other record that you uh small parts isolated and destroyed there was wrong they uh they had a record called sex mad um all of them good the day Mm. everything became nothing i think is an ep but i i don't remember what the other record was that you had as a music pick one other time or maybe you picked them a couple times I picked them a long time ago. I may have even picked this record before. I'm I'm sorry. It, or it may have been from the time when we weren't picking specific records, but just naming bands. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, you know, and we was, uh, so today, what we're getting into in today's episode, I was thinking about, we, you proposed a notion that we do a secondary podcast where we just talk about records. And yeah. we recorded one long over a year ago, and I don't know where that went, what happened to that. It's just lost to the sands of time. But um, that's kind of what we're going to get into today a little bit. This is sort of like an extension of that first effort. What? This is a good question for listeners before you do your music pick. Uh, would you listen to a podcast where we just talked about music? <laughs> <laughs> it's just another thing we don't really know much about. Yeah, or have time for, <laughs> or would get paid for. But, you know, it's a perfect, that makes it a perfect project for us. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's a good question, rhetorical or not. If, if folks had a perspective or thoughts on that, let us know. Uh, my pick this week is a band from your neck of the woods, uh, relocated to uh, uh, L.A. now, I think. Um, this record came out in 2014 called Of Course You Do by a band called Slothrust, S-L-O-T-H-R-U-S-T, uh, three piece. Um, I, they're on tour right now and I was encouraging my friend Emily who lives in Bend to go see them because they're going to be playing there. And she said, um, is it like sad girl rock or country or like what's the what's the genre? And I said, uh, introspective girl rock, maybe. <laughs> uh, it was probably three years ago. Barker turned me on to this band, and I listened to it a lot for a short period of time. Um, and then they just kind of like I follow them on the socials, and I you know keep abreast of what they're doing but i hadn't really listened to them consistently since then and i have revisited this record and it's basically like been on repeat since the last week like i've listened to it solidly uh and it's fucking good the lyrics are kooky as shit uh the singer guitarist uh, i think she is she is like my brand of crazy. Like I'm really interested in like how her brain works. And um, it's just her and the drummer now, I think, and they have a touring bassist, but the but the bassist that was in the band has has since departed. Um, it's a little, there's like little elements of jazz and like big fucking fuzzy guitars and really, really tight rhythm section. And... Um, it's thoughtful uh, and it's layered and it's intriguing and um, super hooky, like really listenable. Um, but 
there's enough enough depth to it that you don't just get you don't get it in a single serving like you can listen to it multiple times and you always hear some new facet so mm. that's my pick this week in a hundred and in our what 106th episode yeah yeah. I like it. You know who I went, I went to see Liz fair, uh, two or three weeks ago. Yeah. She's I still, for, she's still killing it. Yeah. She, she's doing a 30th anniversary tour of exile in Guyville. God and I listened it. to that record a bunch when it came out. And I, I, I mean, I haven't really listened to it much at all. Uh, I don't know in the last 15 or 20 years, but my wife wanted to go. And so we went and, <clears throat> what struck me was, man, she's got songs like I was like, oh, there's like two or three Liz Fair songs I really like. Uh, but she kept playing and playing and playing. It's like, man, she has so many bangers. Yeah, I, I, you know, I mean, she she rose to a notable uh, success in in the mid 90s, I guess, whatever. Yeah. Uh, but I always kind of wondered, like. I don't know that much about her, but like, was she not fully elevated and fully celebrated because she was like pigeonholed as like a woman, a female rocker or whatever, you know, like she's just fucking rules like and stop gender regardless or gender not included. She's just bad. She's just a badass. But I always kind of wondered like if the labels didn't really know how to market her. Properly. I think a lot of people didn't know what to do with her because she she writes these pop songs. They're very poppy, very accessible, very but they're off kilter. Um, some of them are, you know, filthy. Uh, which is both interesting, but also like, is it a gimmick? I, but I think a lot of people just second guessed the whole thing when actually she yeah, she just kicks ass. Um yeah, just kicks ass. And she came out and I didn't expect much because uh, it's been 30 years. Uh, mm-hmm. But, you know, put on a great show. Uh, still sings great. I mean, she was never really a singer singer, but uh, she can still deliver. Ah, it went on and on. I was like, there's another really good song. Oh, yeah, there is. Here it is. There's another one. I think that's a that's a testament to like how good something is, is that if you can listen to it decades later and you still like it still delivers you know you knew it was good at the beginning but is it still good now and i feel like a lot of things that kind of they don't really have a super good shelf life i think she does uh and i when you said 30 years since exile and guyville i'm like oh fuck for fuck's sake i'm not I'm not old enough to have <laughs> 30 you know three decades of music behind me but here we are. Yep. There it is. I also I went to see Quicksand uh, the <sighs> other for the for the thirtieth anniversary of Slip, and I'm like, still fucking rules, still oh my fucking God. rules. It's just masterpiece, masterpiece. Slip and uh, what's the what's the other one? Manic compression. Yeah. Manic compression. Unbelievably good. Ah. Anyway. Um. Yeah, and Walter's still. Um, looks like he's 28 years old he's peter pan dude peter sold pan. the soul to the devil yep uh all right let's uh take a word from the sponsor and we will be right back revolting is brought to you in part by shimano north america and their new grx 12 speed mechanical group set shimano 
is the originator of gravel-specific components, and the new GRX Mechanical is the next step in their evolution. Rooted in simplicity, reliability, and adventure, the new GRX lineup offers three unique 12-speed mechanical drivetrain options, along with unrivaled ergonomics without an over-the-top price. Available in two different one-by chainring options and one two-by chainring option, the new GRX 12-speed mechanical delivers the freedom to choose how and where to ride. And we're back. Today, we're going to play a fun little game of underrated, overrated with an array of people, bands, ideas, and foods. This should help you adjust your attitudes to the reality we live in, or at the very least, give you reasons to send us angry emails, which we also enjoy thoroughly. And by that, I mean, we just ignore them (laughs) or we make fun of them uh, with the mics off. So, yeah, de- or definitely send us an angry email, but know that we're probably going to torch you on the next show. <laughs> just, just like in text, like, oh, did you, did you check out this? What a fucking clown. <laughs> so uh, before we get into it, uh, and we need to move pretty quickly, but before we get into it, this came up because I started watching these interviews that Conan O'Brien did with Dave Grohl. <laughs> <laughs> Chris Novoselic and Steve Albini talking about the in utero record. Mm -hmm. And I have this dark secret. It's not that dark, uh, nor is it really a secret about Nirvana. And then I thought, I want to talk about this on the show, but maybe this is a whole premise for a show. Also, I will say that for all the grief we give Dave Grohl on this show, he seems like a super nice guy. He really seems like, seems, seems like a nice guy. Real peach. Yeah. I would, if I was like homies with him, which I think if, you know, I might be in, in a, in an alternate universe. Yeah. I would tell him that his band is terrible. <laughs> and no, I I'm a, not coming to see your band. <laughs> I have a suspicion that he would agree with me. Oh yeah. So underrated, overrated or just about right. Yeah. First one, the top. First one, yeah, Nirvana. Uh, just about right, you know. Overrated, overrated for me. I think I've talked to, I have friends who are, you know, like accomplished musicians. It's, I feel like it's a musicians band because they talk about like, oh, the the chord progression, and maybe they're just like, you know, maybe Kurt Cobain couldn't play guitar to save his fucking life, and now everybody's like, you know, elevating their carrot, holding him as like some kind of like unsung musical genius, but. Uh, Bleach, I thought was fucking great. I love, I still think it's a great record. Yep. I wouldn't say they're overrated. I'd say they're, they're, I mean, certainly not underrated. I think it's just, they are what they are and they're appreciated by people who appreciate them and not by people who don't. And it's like, they're right in the middle. Uh, I think overrated. I think, you know, they become shorthand for a certain thing. Like kids are like, Oh yeah, I love Nirvana. Like you don't fucking know anything about Nirvana. Shut the fuck up. But I, that's just me being shitty. Well, it's just, I, you know, it's like a perfect storm. Like, uh, it's a, this fucking <coughs> punk rock band played like punk rock pop songs. And it was at a time where everybody was tired with everything that existed. And then suddenly they became this flagship sound. Yeah, yeah. I'm not saying Nirvana's bad. I like Nirvana. 
they're they're fine. Um, but but and I will contrast them with the next band. Uh, does Nirvana deserve to be more highly regarded than Mudhoney, who I think are massively underrated? I think they're underrated, but I also <clears throat> I think that Nirvana wrote, like I just said, they wrote pop songs. Mudhoney doesn't write pop songs. It's it's about like the hooks and the earworms and shit, and Mudhoney doesn't mm. do that. But but they are like they are the foundation on which the house was built, you know, and. They still fucking rule. Like, Mud honey. I, I, yeah, I just saw them last winter. I've seen them. Uh, so the first time I saw them was in 1991, and they blew my mind then. And the last time I saw them was less than a year ago, and they still bring every fucking bit of heat. Mark Arm is a, a force of nature. Yeah. For sure. I think they're underrated. Underrated. Sex Pistols. Way overrated. Way overrated. Don't give a shit about We don't have to say more pistols. about that if you don't want. Uh, no. Yeah. Bad Brains. Profoundly underrated. underrated. Underrated, yeah. And I wonder, I don't, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, they were, they, they like, they influenced fucking everybody. Um, and I love them. I love them also. I think if bad, if, if I found out, you know, there's all this bullshit now about how the U.S. government has a, a whole trove of information on UFOs, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're sort of like squabbling about whether it should be released to the public or not. I think what's probably in there is that bad brains came from outer space, that they they don't exist organically as humans, that they came from outer space and that's why they're so good and blow our minds because bad brains shouldn't exist. There might be something to that. I thought you were going to say because the CIA, like it's, it's become declassified that the CIA, the, the government funded basically like the sixties pop art movement. And I could never really put my finger on why the, I thought that art was so vapid and boring. And it's because it, <laughs> it, it's it was- contrived. It's fake. Um, and then there's like, they also funded this whole like blues and jazz tour through Africa and, and because they were like trying to, um, plant seeds of democracy around these countries in Africa. And it's like, it's fucking crazy. Um, there's a really good (coughs) podcast called the winds of change. Oh Uh, yeah. And it gets into all of this stuff, governmental influence. So I thought you were going to say something about what if... Um, what if Bad Brains was like CIA plant? No, 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 no. Because <laughs> no. that would be a, that'd be a real rough pill to swallow. No, although uh, that uh, jazz uh, blues tour of Africa had Nina Simone on it, and yeah. it had some like serious heat. Yeah, yeah. Uh, involved. And, so and this was when Nina was like fervently outspoken against the American government. Yeah, fervently. Yeah. Is that the word? fervently sure she would she i know now that this has come out like she's turning over in her grave you know what i mean like right she thought she was doing the right thing it turns out she was fucking in the pocket of the man being manipulated yeah Um, i don't think bad i don't think you can manipulate hr from bad brains i don't think that's 
No that, one, no one is steering that car. That's what I thought you were going to say. Uh, when no, no, no. What UFOs, if, but, outer space. Yeah, they're definitely not of this planet. Uh, the Clash. I love The Clash, and they're overrated. I have never particularly cared for The Clash, but their influence is sort of like Joy Division's. Like, everybody loves The Clash. Everybody loves Joy Division, but I don't think that they were very good. They... <laughs> They did things that had not yet been done, and they were coming up with music and coming up with uh, manifestos and stuff that like hadn't really been seen before. And for those those reasons, I appreciate them, but I I will I don't go out of my way to listen to them. Interesting. I th- I really like the Clash, but I I tend to like the um, weirder Clash. I mean, you know, they again, they wrote a bunch of pop songs, right? Oh, and then it's um, like Big Audio Dynamite happened, and I do <laughs> not like Big Audio Dynamite. I got a buddy in Flagstaff, EK, and he's trying to, he's, he's the guy who's like, and Corndog does this to me with Fish, too. He's like, oh, oh. you just haven't heard that one song. And I'm like, mm, I don't think, I think I've heard enough to know that I, it's not my cup of tea. Yeah. And, yep. and also, I should I should reiterate that, like, just because I'm not telling I'm not saying that you're wrong for liking Big Audio Dynamite or the Foo Fighters or the Red Hot Chili Peppers or any of this shit. I'm just saying that it's not my bag. And it's I okay. don't have the receptors in my brain. Right. Like they don't match up. I feel like people like sometimes people are like, oh, that like that's gatekeeping. I'm not fucking gatekeeping. I'm talking about my perspective and my tastes. Sure. Of also, course, they're not going to align with other people's and vice versa. So, suck also, it. Dave, Dave Grohl and Foo Fighters—they're doing just fine. They're fine. <laughs> they're with that, you know. <laughs> like, it, it took a real hit when we started talking shit about them. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like the biggest fucking rock band on the planet. Nobody gives yeah. a shit. What Dave we think. called me up and he was like, "Hey, can you ease up? My kid's got to eat. <laughs> Settle down. You guys are killing me." Uh, um, what do you think about this next band? I haven't heard I think of them. they're, I think they're, um, overrated, steve Metallica. Metallica, I, I think, think they're, they're overrated. <laughs> the, what you find out about Metallica is, you start to listen to Metallica and you're like, oh my god, these guys are geniuses. And then you realize, nope, they're the monkeys at the typewriter who happen to turn out the coherent script. <laughs> Mm, that's an interesting way of looking at it. Um, I wouldn't say they're overrated because their influence has been fucking profound. But I don't know if they, I don't know that they knew that they were doing something. I don't know that they knew that they were doing what they were doing when they were doing it. And that I don't think they, they know were, what they're doing now. That they, that they were going to change the face of heavy metal music. Mm. I don't think they, they couldn't. I mean, when you're when you're pioneering something accidentally or not, do you really know that that's the thing that you're doing? No, I'm. I mean, I think the Sex Pistols were very calculated and and knew that they were wielding influence. But Bad Brains, I don't think Bad Brains were like, you know, what's going to work real great is we, if we get a bunch of black dudes together who are super into jazz. But we play hardcore music to a bunch of suburban white kids. Yeah, <laughs> I don't think. I don't think that, you know, you don't know that. I'm not going to say Metallica's overrated. I'm going to say they're just like, they're just right. It's just like, just they're just right there. 
All right. Okay. I think they've made a lot of records that they did not need to make and are therefore overrated. Oh, uh, yeah. And they'll even acknowledge that there was like a bunch of records that were terrible. Stang- mm. Stanger, terrible. Load, terrible. Reload, terrible. All the shit with the San Francisco Orchestra, terrible. The <laughs> Death Magnetic and whatever the new one's called, those are those are good. They're not great, but they're really good. The San Francisco Orchestra stuff, I cannot, I cannot see video of it without feeling so bad for like the third chair violin <laughs> who has dedicated their whole life. You know what I mean? <laughs> They're like, I am, I am among the greatest string players on the planet and I'm going to, oh, are we really going to do, do we're this? We're doing this. Oh, just serving up a big old hot turd. But I gotta get paid. <laughs> you gotta get um, paid. All right, number, we're gonna shift. What? Number seven on the list. We're shifting to skateboarding here. Uh, um, Mark, Mark Gonzalez. Mark Gonzalez is Mark Gonzalez overrated? Uh, no, no, uh, not within the realm of the skateboard world. I think he's probably under underrated outside of or outside of skateboarding people probably don't know who he is but he is basically the i mean they used to call him slam man because he fell all the fucking time but he is he he is like what one of the pioneers of modern day skateboarding so Inside skateboarding, everybody knows that he's the man and he still rips and he's such a fucking weirdo Oh my God, he's out of his mind. He is so relentlessly himself. I think he's kind of like the perfect skateboarder. I think he is the perfect skateboarder. Yeah. Um, So I'm going to say underrated everywhere, because I think even within skateboarding, a lot of people who are like, oh yeah, he's the godfather. He came up with that trick or he did that or whatever. Like, no, no, no. This isn't about fucking tricks. Yeah. Um, which brings me to the next guy, Rodney Mullen. Uh, same in skateboarding, but he uh, in skateboarding he's recognized and appreciated and celebrated. Outside of skateboarding, I don't know if very many people know who he is, but um, he's like he is the the father of tech tricks. He invented and, them all. He invented everything and he's invented shit that like people still can't do stuff that he figured out. He's like, I mean, he's such a, he's also a fucking weird dude, but he's like a mathematician. You know what I mean? Like he just, he's, and ever since he was a kid, like I remember seeing him when I was really young and I, I was like, this dude is out of his mind. (laughs) Steve Rocco saw his and, and cultivated appreciated and cultivated his his madness slash genius uh as did stacy peralta but he like you know you hear stories i've talked to tommy guerrero a little bit about him and and he's like yeah he's just he's he's like those those uh memes of people with that like julia roberts and there's all the math stuff like geometry stuff going on like in her head like I, I just can't imagine what that dude's life looks like from from behind his eyes. Well, I think those two guys are super interesting, right? Because I think those are t- the two godfathers of skating. 
Who? Gons and Rodney Moore. Gons and Rodney. Okay. Well, Nottis. Sure. Like, Nottis and Gons worked in tandem on tons of shit. Right. But you could be, you could say, like, Nottis and Gons are in the same mold. Yeah. Okay. Whereas I think Gons is like all he's got, he is the style of skateboarding. He is it. Whereas Rodney Mullen has no style. If you look at him from when he was a kid, he looked like a fucking dweeb. You look <laughs> look at him now, he looks like a fucking dweeb. But yeah. he invented the entire infrastructure of of skating. Yeah. He, he looks less like it. He's like, he's all shaggy. His hair is all shaggy and pretty. He looks like a crazy fucking professor now. He I does. Like new, I like new Rodney. I like contemporary Rodney more than I like any other iteration of Rodney. But what's the, what did we decide? Overrated? I think, no. I think both underrated. Underrated, big picture, uh, widely recognized and celebrated small picture. Yeah. Um, John Cardiel. Fucking guy. Yeah. Is the best. I, th- yes. I, th- you know, my skate knowledge is nothing compared to yours i would say but to me if you've got gons and rodney mullen who are sort of the godfathers john cardiel embodies this like attack skater it's a person so physically capable and confident and fearless that they push skating into a whole new athletic places and there's a bunch of skaters that come after that have this style but to me, and there's something about, I mean, there's just something about him and his drive and his purpose. And uh, the Vice magazine did a sort of a little mini documentary that has just been sort of re-released maybe a month ago. It doesn't really get into him, like what he's doing now, but he was on a, he was on a skate trip and he broke his back um, and the doctors was like, the doctors were like, you're never going to, you're never going to skate again. You're never going to walk again. And he was like, fuck that. I'm walking out of here. And you want to talk about somebody, you want to talk about like somebody who's tenacious and will absolutely like mind over matter. All that guy is, is mind over matter. And he just exudes pure, like goofy joy. He's really, he's another, he's a Martian. Yeah, for sure. And now he, you know, he's really into mountain biking and he's skating and he's walking and he's like, he's fucking rad. I love that scene. He says he's in the hospital and the doctor comes in and his mom is in the room and the doctor says, you're not going to walk again. And first he was pissed that the guy would say that in front of his mom. But then he was like, fuck you. You don't know me. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I don't, you know, somebody told me recently that like, he's, I know he's like, He's really into mountain biking now. Um, mm-hmm. Somebody told me that he's like pretty fucked up and he can't skate. But I feel like I've seen footage of him within the last, I don't know, couple of years. I think he likes the energy of skating and he still shows up for sessions and occasionally he gets fired up. But I don't think he can tr- control his one foot well enough to do any real like he can pump around a little bit, but. I saw him skate at Lower Bob's like two years ago and he was skating super good. 
I think. I can't, man. <laughs> is this what happens to memory is you start sort of superimposing other memories or things that you've imagined or television shows that you've watched or whatever. And then like everything is just this jumbled stew and you don't know what's real and what's not. I wish listeners could see the kind of antenna. <laughs> so Steve just had his, he was trying to get that out and he had his hands on his head, but they were like, it's like he was making an antenna to try to pull words and coherent thoughts in. Oh, it's I don't just, know if that works. All right, let's keep moving. I've not even had like that many concussions and I'm just like constantly like, I can't, I don't remember reality from things I imagined. I saw a kid get a concussion uh, the other day at that volleyball <laughs> tournament where I got COVID. He like slipped out. He went to jump and he slipped out both feet. And I watched and heard his head bounce off the gym floor. Sucks. And I, imme- I immediately thought, oh, shit, that kid's concussed. And he got up. He sat up and, and all the kids were around him. I was like, I'm going to run over there because that kid has a concussion right now. But other people took care of it. But it was a bummer. It was a, yeah, a, I don't like, got pretty, you know, uh, well, easy. Uh, fuck, I'm a total hypocrite. I say like, oh, you got to take care of your head. And then I'm like, five minutes from now, I'm going to be riding around in traffic with no helmet on. So fucking <laughs> do as I say and not as I do. Uh, what do we think about the whole idea of skater of the year? Um, I, you know, the whole idea of skater of the year is dumb. But I do like to think about it and talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh i think it's underrated i think it's overrated but overrated. also like i love well i've picked uh successfully i think for the last like six years i've picked uh skater of the year like months before they announced it like i knew it and i was on a real roll and last year i picked tristan funkhauser and i was it was fucking clutch i knew it i knew it in in my bones and he didn't, he didn't win. And I like, I, I took it personally. You were mad. <laughs> I, I think I was, I was more bummed than he was. Like I was pissed. I sent him a message, <laughs> which he, he never responded to. I just like, he just, that dude just fucking rips. I, and if he doesn't win this year, I, I give up. He's like not going to win this year. He's definitely not winning this year. Pedro Delfino is my pick for this year, and he's also not going to win. Who who do you think is going to win? I think Yuta Horigomi is going to win. I don't know. Tristan was fucking robbed. If Jake Phelps was still alive, he would have won last year. I absolutely know this. Well, if Jake Phelps was still alive, yeah, things would be different. But I think Yuto is going to win because skating's an industry. Yeah. Okay. So overrated. Sodi. Overrated. Overrated until Tristan wins and then it's way underrated. Back on track. Uh, bacon. Overrated. I think it's overrated. It's real delicious. I don't eat it very much, but when I do, I enjoy it. But I think people are like, everybody's like got a total bacon boner. Mm. Uh, French fries. Overrated. Eh. Overrated. No, they're rated. They're, I would say, just about right. French fries are so good. Waffle fries? Uh, I'll eat them. Overrated. Oh, oh. you're going to fight. You, you, you were saying waffle fries are underrated. I think tater tots are underrated. I think tater tots are way overrated. I don't think we agree. We don't agree on, on food. 
if we were in the same room, I feel like we might be wrestling right now. <laughs> I love waffle fries. I think tater tots are just, you know, whatever. They're fine. Oh. People just go apeshit for them. I know. Uh, kombucha. I don't know why I put overrated. this in the list. I love it. I love it overrated. so much. Uh, it's probably uh, overrated, but I really love it. I used to work with this guy, Mariano Gone. He was the sales manager at Santa Cruz. Very funny Spaniard. Uh, he said to me, um, he said, Esteva, uh, when I was a little boy, it was in part of my uh, Spanish accent. I don't do any accents very well. I, and also, I don't even do an American accent very well. But he said, uh, when I was a little boy, it was my dream to become a mafia don or a pimp. And now I am old and fat and my dreams will never be realized. So this dude gave me my first bottle of kombucha and I thought he was pranking me. I was like, this motherfucker just gave me a bottle of rotten juice. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I thought my first, my first, my wife was like, here, try this. It's really good for you. And I drank it and I was like, it fucking tastes like it. (laughs) It, it's, uh, it's. It's uh, it's an acquired taste. It's not my favorite, but I drink a, I drink more of it now than ever before. But like kombucha bars, that's a fucking thing. Overrated. Overrated. All right. Gravel bikes. Overrated. Bike content. Overrated. Gra- I don't think. I think gravel bikes are underrated, and I'll tell you why. I think gravel bike is the perfect to do everything bike. You want to ride it on the road. It's great. You want to ride it on the dirt? It's great. You want to ride it on single track? It's great. You want to go get groceries on it? It's great. Gravel bikes. Perfect bike. It's a fucking cyclocross bike. Let's just call a spade a spade. It's a cyclocross bike. What? What's the, what's the difference? What, a geometry? Yeah, there's a Tire. bunch of differences, but I, I'm not going to no argue. I don't care. I really don't care enough to argue with you about it. I would, not fucking... wrestle. I would wrestle you over tater tots, but not cross bikes. It's uh, what do what Rick Rick Hunter calls it a comfort bike? Yeah, it's a comfort bike. I love it. Comfort bikes are underrated. Gravel underrated. bikes are overrated. Full suspension. Ugh, I don't fucking care. I don't care. Rated. I, it's rated. It's it's great. I mean, it's f- I'm my body is so fucked up that I can't ride. Like I can't go out and do big all day rides on suspension but or uh, uh rigid bikes anymore yeah beats the shit out of me yeah i think i think that the massive travel bike is way overrated but i think full suspension uh is fantastic and it's probably rated just about right time and a place time and a place dropper drops dropper posts are uh i think those are hmm i sure like them but you know it's just like a fancy height right that's all dropper post is. Yeah, I think they're overrated. I think you don't need it as much as you think you do. It they're real handy at certain times. Oh, oh son. No. Well, d- you know, like where you're out, where you're riding. Oh. You you get Did you, you just say s- oh son to me? Sure did. I uh, sure damn. did. I'm older than you, so we I can get away with it. <laughs> you really want to wrestle today. Uh I think on on steep stuff. I mean, when I first started riding mountain bikes with my buddy Danny Norton, at the top of big descents, he'd you know he'd stop, he'd put a seat down, and I'd be like, okay, I'm, I'm doing that too. And then I realized, like, centered gravity, you know, like getting getting low, 
and that not having a seat smacking you in the junk or smashed up in your belly on big steep stuff that makes all the difference no no i i like it i like it i just find that um uh, a lot of people are like oh that thing is up and down like a like the elevator in the world trade center um Maybe that was a bad choice of words or metaphor. But. <laughs> uh, elevator in a building. Yeah. <laughs> um, that elevator's not going anywhere. Uh, I just don't think, I just like, you know, there's a lot of rides, especially if I'm not going hammer and tongs. Like, yeah, it's fine. Yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, I'd just say maybe rated. Rated, fine. Uh, the Revolting Podcast. I don't Un- know. Massively Un- underrated. Underrated. <laughs> underrated. What? I don't have. Uh, I don't have real good perspective on this because I'm the only one who listens to it. As far as I'm concerned. Y- yeah. I think. I don't know. Maybe after last week's episode, I did get some nice messages from people, and they said there's like there's just some there's some information or some perspectives in that 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 would that people would do well to listen to in mass. Um, and maybe, you know, I, I liked hearing that. I like, it makes me feel like we're onto something. So maybe it's underrated, but also it's probably overrated, but I don't know. Cause I'm just sitting, I'm here. I'm sitting here. Yeah. This, I'm, I shouldn't have put it on the at. list. It's a dumb thing to talk about. <clears throat> Let's do two more. Oh, fuck no, we're at like way over an hour. Yeah, we're over time. We got to do our would you rather and get the fuck out of here. Would you rather live for 10 days in a gas station bathroom or 60 days on a Vegas casino floor? Uh, I'm going to go with 60 days because at least you'd have access to food. Well, let's say you get to, you people get, watching too. You get to take food. Like you're not going to starve either place. Like that's not part of it. Oh, I take this. I take my dinner into the bathroom. Yeah. Mm, I'm still going to go with, oh, man, 60 days. I did 12 days in Vegas one time, and that was fucking brutal. Uh, so you're never, you can't go outside. No, the lights are always on. At least in the gas station bathroom, you'd get periods of like quiet and darkness. You couldn't lay down. I mean, you could. Well, it depends. I guess it depends on the size of the bathroom. Ah. Ooh, that's a good one. What, what if, what if, uh, here's a modifier, uh, at the gas station, you would only be able to eat things they sell at the gas station. (laughs) 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 Uh, Um, they're both pretty brutal. 10 days. Did you come up with this on your own? I did. And I, I had the time differences. I was really shifting them to try to get into real balance. Because if I said 10 days in a gas station bathroom or 10 days on a Vegas casino floor, you'd take Vegas. Yeah, but it's so loud. It's a that's terrible. The other thing. Like, that's just this. It's just constant noise. And you couldn't, you know, provided that security allowed you to sleep somewhere. You, you would constantly be being rousted. Uh, whew, that's rough. I get, I've, I'd take the bathroom. I'm going I for just, the bathroom I could, also. I, do, I couldn't. I couldn't do. I can't, I can't do Vegas. Oh, nice work on that one. Uh, here's the outro. We're done here. 
Why don't you go for a walk? Unless you've been walking this whole time, in which case, sit down for Christ's sake. Help us survive the holiday season by buying a subscription to the Cycling Independent. They're cheap. Or go to All Hail the Black Market Store and buy one of your loved ones a multi or oven mitt. A mufti. Mufti. A mufti. mufti. I don't have those. A mufti. <laughs> you don't have oven mitts either. <laughs> I, try to, I try to read through this so quickly. Uh, shit's hot when it comes out of the oven. Hey, on behalf of the Cycling Independent and the Revolting Podcast, I'm Steve-O. I'm Robot. Don't forget to suck it. Yeah.